Taking action is the first step to change. The Shiv Show, an irregular podcast in a regular world. Introducing your host, Shiv Rad. Happy quarantine, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Sales Series podcast on The Shiv Show. Now, for those of you who don't know, I actually majored in marketing in university, and the funny thing is, even after graduating, I always thought marketing and sales were one and the same. I don't know what it is, but throughout university, I just found that it wasn't separated enough when we were learning at school for people to understand that they were actually different. Of course, now we know they work very well together, and you literally cannot have one without the other, but there are some key differences between the two. I do have a friend here to help me out and explain the similarities and differences between marketing and sales. Russell Cook, the founder and marketing architect, I love that, of Matt Black. Welcome to the Shiv Show, my friend. Thanks, Shiv. Matt, appreciate you having me on your show. And uh, Matt, I yeah, think heaps of yourself, so I can't, this is a privilege to be on your podcast. So thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. And, and we, we've actually known each other for, for about four years now. So we met through some mutual acquaintances uh, a couple of years ago, and, and we've been keeping up with each other. And, and personally, I've been keeping up with you on on LinkedIn and whatnot, and I've really enjoyed seeing your growth and, and the content that you're putting out to the world. So that's a big thank you uh, from, from my end. Oh, anytime, mate. I'll keep doing it until someone tells me to stop or says it's not, <laughs> not any good. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's great content, for especially right now during the, during the quarantine. So you know, I'm, I'm all ears for anybody putting anything out that'll uh, get our mind off, off the badness. So. Absolutely, mate. So Simon Sinek's doing a whole bunch of things himself and, you know, I don't want to compare myself to him, but, you know, it's good to see what he's doing and it, it kind of felt like I was doing something similar. Absolutely. So, yeah, Absolutely. I'll, I'll keep on those, keeping on. We all have those mentors and, and people we look up to and Simon Sinek is definitely, definitely one of them. So you're on the right track if you're doing what he's doing. <laughs> I would say you're Indeed. I want to jump into to who Russell Cook is, um, but before that, actually, I had a couple questions that I didn't send you before, and, and this one really mm-hmm. stood out to me. So before we jump into to who you are, what's one thing that you've done for a client that they never expected? Oh, well, that's a good one. Um, I'd say probably recently I've been helping a an online business. Well, they weren't traditionally online. They're actually a wine business here in Australia, and uh, we assisted them with their whole kind of online store their whole digital kind of transformation and as part of their their website you know discovery and strategy we figured out that they've got this you know massive database right um from all their their previous orders and some of the cold calling that they've been doing so they had emails and and essentially numbers but weren't utilizing that all so what we did as a value add is when we went live with the website which also really helped with their their search engine optimization to do an initial injection uh wasn't part of it but we um we actually put together a um you know an electric direct mail campaign an edm or or a mail out doing a you know this was kind of soft intro to the store uh, with links to the store directly and that wasn't part of it mate but that's what you know, boosted their their initial you know search engine optimization or SEO really really well, and made pretty much paid their um their store off in the first first few weeks. <laughs> so, but part part of it was their database, right? And I just saw that as you know something that we could really capitalize on. So Absolutely. yeah, man. You know, sometimes a good deal gets better and a bad deal gets worse. So you know, it started off well for both of us, and 
mate, that really, that really sweetened it when, you know, they had a great database and kind of that gold mine and we were able to, yeah, just capitalize on it. Let's kick into to who Russell Cook is. Give me, give me your, your, your two-minute spiel on who you are and, and also give me a word to describe you. Yeah, perfect. Uh, mate, so, you know, Russell Cook, I'm probably the most proud Australian citizen there is, although born, born in, a, in you know, South Africa. Yeah. So I came here about seven years ago. Um, you know, I've got a, you know, you said you studied marketing and you're doing sales and marketing. I, I did a, a BCom with law subjects and, you know, was studying in kind of the wine world. So cut my teeth in, in sales, actually, having done commerce and law. So I mm-hmm. started off in sales. But I actually did my journey into marketing. And then since being in Australia, mate, it's, uh, it's been really good to do some, you know, brand planning and marketing strategy for, you know, a lot of Australian innovation businesses and also for export market development. But I guess my marketing skill set really sits in terms of, you know, brand planning or, you know, brand building predominantly from wine and spirits. Um, yeah, heaps of fun. And then outside of the office, mate, I am privileged to live on the Gold Coast of Australia. So when time and conditions are good, I'll be catching a quick surf. And uh, even with all this quarantine that's going on, at least I'm local, so I can still go for a run on the beach. And uh, yeah, I'm a fam- family man, so three young children. And uh, yeah, when, you know, work is life, but there's balance to that as well. Definitely, and, and for those of you listening who haven't been to Australia, Gold Coast is probably one of the most beautiful places in the entire country, and uh, and fun places. I gotta say, I've, I've I've had my share of parties in the Gold Coast um, over the years, so <laughs> definitely recommend uh, the Goldie. Oh, it's beautiful. It's um, yeah, like you said, man, it's, it's world renowned, and I, I sometimes get perplexed when people ask me why I moved to Australia firstly, and then secondly, why I live on the Gold Coast. I'm like, well. Either you've never been here, yep. or I don't understand the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, one word to describe Russell Cook, what would that be? Oh, wow. Um, I'd say genuine. You know, what you see is what you get. I'm, I'm passionate about things, but that overall, genuine with my care for people. So um, mm-hmm. that would be my take. It would be one word, genuine. What yep. you see is what you get. Uh, let's jump into to what Matt Black is, what it's all about, and... Um, you know, what, what's some things that you'd like everyone to listen to when it comes to, to Matt Black? Yeah, great, man. Thanks for the, for the space, for the, you know, the shameless, you know, plug. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it all, it all ties into the, to the, marketing, the, the marketing conversation, right? So, I mean, you live and breathe this every day. Absolutely. So, mate, essentially Matt Black has to do largely with the name, but as a business, we're, we're a full-service marketing agency, but specializing in, in marketing automation. And so that's kind of modern marketing or digital transformation, but really taking you know traditional marketing into the online space. And kind of the other occupational hazard of, of you know having Matt Black is I oftentimes get called Matt or assume my name is Matt Black. It's like, no, actually, you know, it's Russ, Russ, Russell Cook. And then, you know, the kind of the whole idea behind Matt Black and the name specifically is, is around the digital transformation. It's, it's about look and feel, right? So when it comes to Matt and Black, uh, Black being the look and, and Matt being a texture, uh, we've translated that into digital experiences or it's usually around websites the terminal, you know, terminology that gets thrown around is, is look and feel, right? So a lot of that has to do with, 
you know, matte black being a, well, a, a cool name, it's something that is aesthetically, you know, pleasing. It also is nice to, you know, have the back ride of matte black furniture. And, uh, you know, we get that quite often. But essentially, matte black means look and feel. And that's about, you know, digital experiences for, for clients. Awesome. Awesome. Now, how did you start in marketing? You mentioned you started off in sales. But when did the trail to marketing uh, happen? Oh, mate, good question. I guess I gave a little bit more background. So I mentioned I did a, a B-commerce law subject, uh, but I actually graduated in, in the University of in South Africa, which is, it's it's in the heart of the winelands, you know, very similar to the Barossa Valley, you know, over here in Adelaide in Australia. So, you know, my first role was really kind of in, in wine, in, in wine sales. And, uh, mate, that was, that was good fun essentially cut my teeth in, in, a, in a great environment dealing with with people just kind of from from a phone end um, and then grew very quickly uh, within the industry essentially so I went from you know wine into premium wine and spirits and the marketing piece really began when um, you know I, I got some great responsibility at create brands which was where I was working where we had the opportunity to to pitch for it's called the Kraken, which is a dark spice rum. It's a you know sea beast of myth and legend, and we were one of the smaller companies in, in the wine and spirits industry. So you know it largely got palmed off to me because I didn't think the owner really thought we'd get it. Um, but on the strength of the marketing strategy or the brand plan that you know we put together, uh, which is kind of where I also got my passion for marketing is. Um, you know, and a big feather in the cap is essentially we we won the agency for the whole of, of South Africa. And I think a lot of that was based on what we were doing as a company in terms of, of mixology and how we took brands to market, but also having the marketing strategy to include sub-Saharan Africa as well. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, we put together, I don't know, it would have been a good 40, 50 page kind of, you know, strategy in terms of a brand plan. And it was a lot of work and then a lot of grunt, but mate, I think winning that agency over the likes of, you know, Brandhouse, which would have been Diageo or, or IGBC, which is the really great brands company with us as a smaller company, yep. was when I realized marketing is my jam. Do you think there's a personality that you have to have when working in marketing? Mm, man, I've, I've never heard that. I believe... That's a great question. I'd, I'd have to say, well, no, I think like anything, you, you can either have learned behaviors or, you know, you, you're natural. Yeah. And I think that's with anything. So is there a natural marketer? Indeed. Can people choose to be, you know, in marketing as well? So I just find it's, you know, quicker with sales. People people will tell you, you know, that they're, they're a born salesperson or a lot of people will try and avoid it. But I believe we're all in sales. Um, I believe we're actually all in marketing as well. You know, yeah. I'm this is part of building a, you know, personal brand and then everyone does that. So, Absolutely. you know, I'd say there's not for marketers, there's people that choose to do it, but made essentially, I believe everyone is in sales. Everyone is in marketing. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's funny you say that because I always tell everybody that you, regardless of who you are, bank teller or working in a, in a factory or, or doing, you know, doing something, you're in sales because you're selling your brand every day, but essentially you're right. We're all in marketing as well. We're just we're marketing ourselves out to to others, so I never really thought of it on the marketing Correct. side of things. But um, I mean that, and that that's how it ties in together, which is what this podcast is all about, right? So why don't we just jump into to sales and marketing? So what are the what are some of the differences that you see 
between sales and marketing. Just to add on that, why do you think people get confused? Because I have a couple of answers myself on that one. Oh, man, I'd love to hear your side as well. I mean, from my side, traditionally, there used to be quite a, quite a good and a, quite a clear distinction between marketing and sales. But all of that has been, you know, quite blurred now because everyone's, you know, more educated than they've ever been in terms of the marketing through your sales piece. So to make it kind of simple in terms of where that distinction is, I believe traditionally marketing would be kind of anything to build, you know, awareness or something that could, you know, get the person in the door, so to speak, or set up the appointment, so to speak. It's kind of all that above the line activity, all that you know, kind of uh, that effort to get people aware of the brand. Uh, but then sales would be the actual closing of the deal. Mm-hmm. So that would be either making the purchase, you know, at, at a bricks and mortar store at point of sale or, you know, in, in kind of services would be essentially getting the, the person to sign up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, traditionally that used to be quite clearly demarcated from, you know, marketing qualified person would then go through to, you know, a salesperson where they would then be responsible for closing that deal or for, you know, getting them to the tool to purchase that item. So traditionally it used to be very simple, but now it's a lot, you know, a little a lot blurred and probably more happens around marketing now than than previously, whereas there used to be kind of this even split between marketing and sales. I feel now it's probably at least 70% marketing, 30% sales. Absolutely. I think I think people underestimate the power of marketing because you can't really sell. I mean, you, yes, you can sell when the customer has a need, but to reach out to that customer and provide customer content, that's where the marketing comes in. And I think the a lot of the confusion comes from maybe the way school systems teach it because, again, going back to my university experience, we never really learned about sales. If there were any sales conversations, it would be within the marketing. So, even, again, even graduating, I was like, all right, well, you know, marketing is sales, but getting into the real world and getting into a couple of different sales companies, you quickly get to see the differences. Uh, but they tie in so well together. I don't like. I don't think you can have a company that is doing really, really well in sales without any sort of marketing, and especially Indeed. in today's world with with social media marketing and all the different types of marketing that you can do. You know, it it it, it is a balanced success. Oh, maybe we can chat social media marketing later. I think that's that's probably one of the more underutilized tools for businesses to get ready targeted messaging in front of people. But, but I absolutely agree with what you're saying. If anything, I think part of this conversation as well would be, and it's still there's absolutely kind of uh, area for this kind of person, which would be, you know, like a business development manager, someone who sits in the middle. It's kind of like the the go-between, the initial marketing to then get that extra rapport and, and kind of pre-sales done to then hand them off to, you know, the, the, the real cold, hard sales of changing that opportunity then into, you know, a converted lead or, you know, like a, a customer, essentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so we, we did bring up social media marketing. You, you mentioned a lot of companies aren't doing this. Now, a lot of people also seem to think that it doesn't work, which I 100% disagree with. Uh, I think social media is great, and, and you know, over the past ten years, look how much it's grown. Over the past four mm. weeks, look how much it's grown. Um, yeah, can you give us your thoughts on uh, on social media marketing and the, the the things you should do and the things you shouldn't. Indeed. So, uh, coming from a traditional background, again, I guess it comes to brand building or awareness, whether it's a business to consumer or a business to business kind of you know arrangement. 
the more people know about your brand, the more kind of trust factor you have. And that's that's kind of marketing 101, right? So, you know, previously or traditionally, a lot of companies would be doing, you know, billboard advertising or, you know, newspapers, magazines, and then also looking at strategically positioning them. So, you know, for example, to appeal to a, you know, a more affluent market that do things like airport advertising or in-flight magazines or specifically, you know, first lounge kind of areas. Now, that used to cost, you know, a truckload of money, especially for premium brands, like, you know, having worked with Remy Contro and Dekaipa and some of those brands. Now, coming through to the modern environment where we can do something very similar, but at a fraction of the cost. So, the, the first step now in terms of social media marketing is, is really knowing who your client is. So absolutely, it's important to be doing social media marketing, but know who your client is so that you can get the right message to the right person at the right time. And once you've done that that kind of archetype or avatar, whatever we may call it, but knowing who your client is, most importantly, which channels they're on, right? They, they might be on Facebook, they might be on Instagram, they could be on, on LinkedIn, they could be in various channels. And that's why I'm always reluctant to, you know, to just say to anyone you have to be doing facebook or instagram you know i think the strategy comes first and that's that's finding out who your client is and then what content you want to get to them in the right context so so knowing where they are and then you know putting that together well and then there's two parts to social media marketing the one would be your 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 native content that's um that's pretty much the free stuff that you're putting out on your channels and that gets out to your existing audience the other one would be, you know, your sponsored content. And now this is instead of, you know, paying heaps of money to be in, you know, specialist magazines or, you know, billboards in the right places, then being able to set up campaigns with split messaging, split audiences. I mean, it's really powerful the things that you can do with, you know, Facebook uh, business manager and, and LinkedIn ads campaigns, just for example. So now we're able to get highly targeted ads to the right people at a fraction of the cost and then be able to get really smart and then retarget them, you know, with, with different automations and plans in place that, you know, feels really personable, but a lot of it comes around the technology. And then also a beauty of that is being able to have attribution. So then, you know, over time, very quickly being able to see, you know, which channels are working, which ads are working, which audiences, for example, so that businesses are now empowered to make data-driven decisions, to spend more money on things that's working, and also potentially cull back on, on areas that might not look like they're working. Although I still believe most marketing is, is always effective, even if it might not seem like it, because sometimes you don't know what's working. Right? And it's, you know, it, you look at Facebook marketing campaigns, and I, I do a few of those for the podcast and book. They are so, they're so well-priced, as in the, you know, the costing of them is, is very low. And I think over the next five to ten years, we're going to see a huge influx in, in the cost. It's going to increase by a lot. I have a buddy who started a welding company and B2B. That typically isn't really a business that, well, you think it wouldn't be a business that you go out and market, but he created his Facebook campaigns and threw them on Instagram. And he is super busy. And over the past two years, he's had tremendous success for his business based only on oh, wow. the Facebook and, and Instagram campaigns. So they work for pretty much you know, any company, whether you're B2C or B2B. I would highly recommend mm. them. Indeed. And mate, like you were saying earlier, I think, you know, I think absolutely correct. Things are going to increase, especially in terms of, uh, you know, cost for, for ads, cost per clicks and, and impressions and that kind of thing. And 
that's why it's really good to get in kind of earlier rather than later. For example, you know, I did a, a LinkedIn sponsored email campaign. We're talking oh, maybe probably two and a half years ago uh, when it was still very, very new. And it was one of the most powerful campaigns that I'd run because that only just introduced it. And essentially, you know, paying the same kind of spend for impressions for an in-mail as, you know, your normal normal sponsored feed. So it was an incredibly successful campaign, which now they've totally changed. You know, in-mail campaigns are now, you know, a lot dearer because they're obviously very effective. Yeah. So like you said, it's good to get in early mm-hmm. and, um, you know, sometimes be innovative, you know, take, take advantage of things. Like I think there's right now a real opportunity in TikTok, right? <laughs> I haven't jumped on, on TikTok just yet, but I mean, Gary Vee is, you know, the TikTok spokesperson and, and I, I read a lot about Gary Vee and listen to his podcast. So I think I might jump on TikTok next. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Indeed. And, you know, an older demographic is starting to get onto TikTok as well now. So it's like anything when people start adopting it, you know, people will follow. Absolutely. Out of all of the, the social media platforms, which one do you think is, is the best? Great question, mate. And I don't want to be too simplistic about it, but predominantly for for beauty, well, I'm kind of going against what you said, but I'm with you mm-hmm. in terms of, I just say predominantly business to consumer. So any any consumer product, Facebook is incredibly powerful and doing the Facebook and Instagram split together. And then, I mean, obviously also really good for B2B, but I'm tending to find a lot with, you know, professional services and that kind of thing. Uh, LinkedIn is actually underutilized. Sure, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a lot dearer, but sometimes it's it's also doing something alternative to what a lot of people aren't doing. So I'd say LinkedIn, absolutely, for B2B or, you know, for those, uh, those high-ticket items. And then Facebook is, well, Facebook and Instagram put together, so powerful. I find a lot of people actually don't use the um, half the functionality that's in there. So yeah. if if you're listening and new to you know social media marketing, please don't just boost posts. It's fairly simple to actually you know segregate the data and build up different audiences and ads and start testing them. So and, and this is where I guess you can come into you know Matt, Matt Black can come into play because to be honest, I have no idea what I'm doing when I when I I'm actually one of those people who boost the posts. So <laughs> I can, uh, I can use some advice for sure. I'll, I'll definitely chat with you about that after. Um, listen, yeah. you, have, you have a term that I really enjoy and you use it a few times. It, it's marketing. Why don't you walk us through mm. what marketing is? Yeah, so marketing is, is kind of like, you know, the name depicts it's, it's a mixture now of sales and marketing and just, you know, pushing the two together. So, you know, traditionally, like we were saying, there was a, a pretty good distinction or, you know, a clear line between, okay, this is what was happening with marketing and then this is what was happening with sales, right? So now, you know, people are more educated. They've got more, more information available. So now you kind of, we're not dictated to the information that the salesperson is willing to give us to make a decision, right? We can jump on the Google machine or start re- doing our own research or even having a look at, you know, different company profiles on of their websites or, you know, of their social media profiles as well to start getting enough information to make an educated decision. So I'm finding these days, you know, marketing is, is predominantly marketing. You know, I was saying 70%, but it, it might not be that. It's probably even more, you know. A lot of people are already making the decision 
to purchase whatever product or server it is, service it is, purely on a marketing side. So these days, sales absolutely still important, but sometimes it's order taking or you know just being oh, def- and having def- the right access the order. Definitely, and that leads to my next question. And and, and we kind of answered this before in terms of what's more important, sales or marketing. But uh, again, we think it's it's pretty much they're both very important. Like we said, every company is a sales company, but they're also a marketing company as well. But yeah, I'd love, love to get your take on that question. I love this quote from ISO training, which is, you know, without sales, business fails. So naturally, sales is absolutely essential, right? Unless there's something that's bringing in revenue, you know, as a, as a B2B, unless you're solving a problem or providing a service or, you know, as a B2C creating or, you know, providing a product that people want to purchase, mm-hmm. you know, you also might be doing all the marketing in the world, but not have you know, a product problem fit. So even that, you know, marketing is important. Now, I don't want to get too textbook, but that's why, you know, I find a lot of places aren't really even doing, you know, essential research in terms of, you know, substantive marketing, right, and actually looking at what's really there. So, you know, we, we also think that marketing is just getting the message out there. It's awareness. But there's, there's stages in terms of marketing and marketing strategy or brand planning that's really important. It's a bit textbook, right? But figuring out if there's that product market fit, right, in terms of a minimal viable product first before taking it to market because otherwise you set everything up but have a business that's not really set up to, to succeed from the start. Yeah. And that's that whole strategy piece. Um, I might actually quickly squeeze in the quote, which is from Sun Tzu, which is um, one of my favorites in terms of quotes. He's a Chinese military strategist and uh, – it's kind of like the, the Napoleon of, of China in terms of military strategy. And he says... The art of war, right? <laughs> the art of war, absolutely, man. He's saying that essentially strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory, but tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. So there's always that bit of both. And even the strategy and the tactics piece is a little bit of marketing and sales, yes. right? So we want to get all the, the strategy right in terms of marketing, but then also have the tactics for for sales in terms of those conversion tactics or having, you know, what I call conversion content. And that's where the whole shift now between marketing and sales also continues. So right, we're looking at getting the right message to the right people at the right time so that by the time they come to the point of purchase, a lot of that nurturing has been done. A lot of those traditional touch points have already been taken care of without kind of the the pestering of a salesperson continually calling up. It's actually delivered in a, in a behavior-based way or in a very natural way for people to get, you know, content at their disposal to push them along that purchasing process, mm-hmm. which is usually sales, but now that's largely carried by, by marketing. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and just on strategy and tactics, how do you think the strategy and tactics of companies have changed in the past four weeks compared to the past five years? <laughs> For the last four weeks, it's turned the world upside down. Um, how, it's, how it's changed is, you know, we've been talking about, you know, digital disruption and the fourth industrial revolution. And, you know, that's probably one of the things that I geek out on in terms of, you know, every single industrial re- revolution has, has been changing the process of, of how people interact with things. But now, like you're saying over the last four weeks, it's, it's actually been, I guess, a necessity for people to look at digital transformation and going online, but without any urgency. But mate, now that we're not allowed seeing each other, and sure, we can still pick up the phone, 
but now it's it really is digital transformation so businesses that aren't online or aren't relevant online are, are suffering so Matt, it's, it's, it's been very good for a lot of companies that are already ahead of the curve and, and have their online stores optimized and ready to nurture, you know, clients and potentials in terms of, you know, recartifying them to, to actually remarket them through the whole buyer's process from a B2C perspective or B2B, actually nurturing them in, in a very, very kind of structured but natural kind of way. Um, Matt, they're, they're ahead of the curve. And this is something that, you know, marketing automation has been around for, for a good while. But now I'm realizing that people are wishing they had it in place because, again, it comes with a strategy and tactics. Now it's coming back to strategy. You know, only now it's a little bit late, right? It's like, okay, great. Who are your clients? What message do we need to get to them? Uh, how can we do this in terms of building out, a, you know, a campaign strategy that, that then nurtures them in a, in a very kind of natural way? Mm-hmm. But now trying to over-engineer it because what takes – you know, two to four weeks to really do well from a digital transformation perspective. Now everyone wants it done yesterday, right? So <laughs> exactly, and it's very easy to half-ass something when you have no time. Correct. So, mate, I mean, the last four weeks has just turned the world into into essentially now the digital experience is now paramount, and um, customer experiences is everything around that. But really, what it's done now is not made digital disruption or digital transformation, something that's important to, you know, C-level suite executives, it's now paramount to every single business, whether it's small to medium business here in Australia or anywhere, essentially, it's kind of, well, I want to keep it positive, but it's also sad to see a lot of businesses that aren't online having now to reinvent themselves, right? Exactly, exactly. And and in some cases, and this is just, you know, real life, it, it, it is too late for some companies to do that, and we're starting to see that, and um, and that's the sad piece, right? And and that's why I think this this quarantine and, and COVID nineteen has been a culture shock, not just the individuals but the companies as well who aren't prepared, and um, it is sad to see oh, you know what, what this will cause in the next in the next few months. Oh, mate, it's it's going to redefine the economy. Uh, this fortunately, there's a lot of injections from you know federal or local or state-level government as well to assist Australian businesses through this. Uh, but one of the things that I've really enjoyed seeing now is the whole Australian-made kind of um, ideology in terms of people now actually wanting to support Australian-made products. I mean, let's face it, the cost of labour in Australia is quite high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's very easy for, for companies to make economical decisions to outsource predominantly manufacturing to China, whereas now at least there's an urgency and it's now coming from the people wanting to support local. So, Matt, I think it's it's a tough one. It's um, it's going to be difficult to come through, mm-hmm. but overall I think it's it's going to be a very positive experience to, I believe, see a lot of manufacturing re- return to Australian soil. Absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, you do something called Marketing Minutes on LinkedIn, which I do enjoy. Um, why don't you tell us about that? And I'd love to know what you're learning about yourself in this process. Yeah, I love it. So the Marketing Minutes was uh, pretty much an initiative beginning of the year where I did a um, it was a speaker training seminar with, with Harry Singer, who's one of the top speaker trainers internationally. I believe he's, he's actually trained, you know, Tony Robbins and, uh, and George Belford and some of them. He moves in those circles. So actually, I went to his one day. 
Sorry to interrupt. I had a friend who I think had him on a podcast, I think two weeks ago. So that was the first I heard of him. But um, since then, I have him on LinkedIn, and I realized that he's he's doing some really cool things. Oh, mate, he's incredible, and I just I love his value system as well. But don't get me wrong, I, I could probably pull out my notes because I had so much to take home from the day. But the one thing that I took home to kind of action immediately was. I decided that I needed to start working on my personal brand, which is something that he brought up. And a good way of working on things would be, you know, this marketing minute. I just thought, you know, I've got these golden nuggets to share from my experience in, in the marketing world of, of predominantly marketing automation, but working with both, you know, business to business and business to consumer kind of companies. Uh, I just wanted to work on, you know, creating some content that's that's of value for people to engage, which is, you know, marketing 101 and an opportunity for me to kind of work on myself, right? And kind of what I learned from this, you know, great question is working now on the balance between perfection and, and profitability or, you know, productivity. So they're not the most professional. I don't have the lighting perfect. Uh, you know, I'm not doing any audio edits. I'm doing them kind of Simon Sinek style, which is just very natural. Sometimes, most times, I'm actually just holding holding my phone and, and speaking freely from something that I've learned from the day or a challenge that's come with with a customer that we've been able to solve, for example, or, you know, like a good quote that I think would be, you know, helpful to any brand or business. So, Matt, I enjoy doing them. It's been, you know, a good discipline of mine to also stick through and it's if anything it's even helped me through this whole coronavirus thing right now people are putting out more content and i was already doing it so you know i'm like i still need to do episode i believe 64 today and um but it's also kept me motivated to you know when things are changing and you know some we've got new problems that are coming up now because of coronavirus still having that discipline to get it done for the day Absolutely. And I think that's that's a lesson in itself. And that, like I said, your episode 60 was all about just getting it done. No excuses getting it done. Everybody, everybody has 24 hours in the day. It's just how we use it, right? So I, I love that. And and to be honest, time was always an excuse. Even for me, time was always an excuse. And, and, and being home now with quarantine, we all find ourselves having you know an extra minute to do something like this. So no, I, I really enjoy it, and um, I hope you keep doing it. Oh, thanks, Ben. Um, listen, I said we're going to be half an hour, but I think we're actually over that. But I do have quite a few more questions, so I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. What are some words that describe Russell? Oh, geez, I'm on the spot, mate. Um, so driven, but but driven for impact. Mm-hmm. Um, motivated, uh, motivated to help people and make this world a better place. Uh, I think it's a genuine, mate, that's... That's pretty much me in a nutshell, but, you know, genuine care for helping people because I think every business is in the business of solving problems. So, you know, I genuinely care for, for the, you know, the businesses and the brands that I work with. Uh, I'm optimistic about things, mate. Even through the whole coronavirus thing, there's still light at the end of the tunnel. I believe we're going to get through this all stronger, and I believe humanity will be in a place that's better positioned going forward. Yeah. Um, I'm fun loving the optimism part because I have friends that get mad at me and tell me I'm I'm too I'm too optimistic. But I'd say, listen, I'd rather be optimistic than pessimistic in in any situation. So I, I love uh, I love seeing optimism in others. Oh, absolutely, mate. I mean, essentially, we we all look at the world from our own kind of perspective, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of naysayers out there. And, 
I think especially in around new businesses and innovation, there's a there's a lot of people that have been putting out the whole digital transformation because, you know, it hasn't been a necessity or, you know, we don't really need it kind of conversations. Whereas, you know, the, the optimistic have actually seen it as an opportunity and now they're far ahead of the curve, right? So, yeah, man, I'm with you. I think mindset is is, is key and uh, optimism is everything. Yeah. And just on mindset, you're obviously a very calm person. How do you how do you stay so so positive and optimistic? And how do you stay so calm? It's a decision. Uh, I believe that your thoughts, you know, determine your mindset, and your mindset determines your actions. And mate, sometimes it's you know kind of what's portrayed as well. You know, sometimes you can be a duck on the water. Meanwhile, everything's scrabbling under under the sea, so to speak. Um, you know, it's it's part of just being able to to manage the moment and really look at the bigger picture. And man, I'm I'm always a work in progress, right? So uh, there's things that I'm working on at the moment, but especially around mindset, being very conscious of, of especially you know thinking. You know, there's there's a saying or a proverb which is you know as a man thinks, so is he. So it's it's really important to be. You know, have those optimistic thoughts as well, because I believe, you know, what you plant and what you water is your soul, right? So if you're thinking good, positive things, um, or what Simon Sinek again, I'm mentioning him heaps, but he talks about an, an infinite mindset. And when you're thinking big, it is when you can be calm, because yes, we all go through, you know, calamity, but it's it's being able to be calm through the whole process. Definitely. And I know you're currently reading a lot, being on the quarantine. What what sort of books are you reading at the moment? I'm at, I'm, I'm looking forward to the regular effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will, I will be sending you your copy for sure. And uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm actually digging into, well, firstly, how people change. I'm reading that at the moment. Uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf is uh, the, the 21-Day Brain Detox. And, uh, yeah, one of the books that I'm, I'm actually digging back into, which is uh, God is My CEO by Larry Julian. And he's a management consultant, and he's helped some massive businesses through some, you know, challenging times themselves. So revisiting that as well. Got, so. it. Got it. I had a friend ask me this the other day, and I thought it was a very interesting question, so I put it in here. What? And, and obviously during the quarantine, it could be a sad time for, for many people being on their own not being able to go out and socialize as they, as they once used to. Uh, what makes you laugh during the quarantine? Sheesh. Matt, I think that's we come back advice. to social media, right? Mm -hmm. it's, that's a good one. Uh, I think it comes back to social media. And don't get me wrong, like back in, call it World War One, World War Two, where people had, you know, TVs or, or newspapers, where there'd still be cartoons or, you know, animations to lighten the mood some of the deal like we've, we've got some terrible news and it just seems like every sunday night it's a new a new announcement that seems you know quite dismal but again just on social media and whatever we're looking at in the news i'm loving all a lot of the memes that are coming out in terms of you know even <laughs> jokes around coronavirus yeah it's good I, fun i like about the social media pieces and I, I've, I've been taking part in a lot of these things are the, the fitness challenges going around the push-up competitions the burpee competitions i've been doing quite a few uh with my fiance and, and a few other friends so the 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 coming togetherness and, and you kind of mentioned this when looking at you know australia doing better as, as a country after this whole thing uh, the togetherness um that i'm seeing on on social media between people 
are great. And then people also keeping connected. I've, I've had friends call me that I haven't spoken to in, in two, three, four years. So I think this is all teaching us a, a great lesson of, of connectedness. Absolutely. And I think it's now making it a priority, right? And uh, yeah, there's something else that's, that's busy happening in terms of creating ways for people to connect in terms of community, but doing that in the digital space. So uh, it, technology is advancing so quickly. There's, yeah, there's, there's some cool things happening. I have one more question. And just mm. turning back into, into the marketing side of things. So a lot of, a lot of my listeners are, are in university or in college looking to get into their career. What sort of advice do you have for that generation looking to get into marketing and sales? I think the easiest thing is, okay, well, let's put first the problem, right? The problem is companies are reluctant to take on people without experience, right? So, you know, putting myself in that same position, wow, this would be over 10 years ago now, but being in that position myself, well, sure, I've got a degree, I've worked on things, I'm wanting to get into the workforce, but it seems like you need the experience to get the job, but, you know, you need the job to get the experience. It's kind of, you know, that catch-22, um, so even our universities are making it now a possibility. Like we've we've had a few kind of interns come to the, you know, predominantly designers actually work within the business as part of their degree to start getting work ready. So I'd say, you know, I encourage any student, anyone in marketing, find what it is that you want to do. I know that's kind of the million-dollar question, but, but dream about it, think about it. And once you have a, a more clear understanding, bearing in mind you don't have to nail it the first time, but – Think about the kind of company you want to work for in, in what kind of role and then go do that, you know. Uh, make yourself available. You start doing internships or, or start working or gathering knowledge around that, but get, get into those environments yeah. um, is probably the first thing. I mean, and it's happening heaps now. I'm probably receiving more unsolicited resumes than ever with exactly that, people wanting to come in. Uh, and she start learning the trade because what you study and then what you start doing is also you know two different things from a commercial aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, that's that's my big encouragement is get in, get dirty. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know what? That, the best advice that I give that I, well, I think that I give and I've been told I give is just to start. Just start mm. because a lot of times people do not start, and, and students are too nervous and scared to to go into. Let's say they want to go into marketing, they're too nervous and scared to take a job doing something similar but not exactly it. But the, the fact of the matter is you need to start somewhere. And there's no, there's no harm in starting at the bottom and working your way to the top. In fact, it's probably the best way to do it. Start don't be afraid of the crap jobs because you have to go through it. <laughs> well, indeed, and that's where people have started off in, you know, mailroom and then become, you know, the, the C-level mm -hmm. kind of executives. And, and that's where I think, you know, exactly what you say, just start. It doesn't have to be perfect, but, but get into the right environment that you want to be in. Absolutely, absolutely. Russ, listen, I've taken too much of your time already today. Um, just want to say again, thank you so much for, for agreeing to do this. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and, um, and please continue doing what you're doing because it's something that I look forward to. Thanks, mate, and uh, so appreciate your time and, and having me on your show. It's been great. Absolutely. And how can people reach out to you quickly um, if they'd like to get in contact with you? Essentially, your first port of call would be going to the website, which is www.mattblack. So it's Matt with an E, B-L-A-C-K dot M-E. Have a look at the website. But, you know, feel free to send me an email, uh, which is russell at mattblack.me. And 
well, I'm not going to give my mobile out at this point, but <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn is forward slash Russ Cook. So that one's pretty simple. And I'm always happy to have those conversations, especially around this time. There might be even a few hints and tips for business to adapt, but essentially, you know, digital transformation is, is really important now for clients or for companies looking at, looking how to be relevant online. So feel free to reach out to me. Love having those conversations. You know, love having those conversations. Awesome. Thank you very much, Russ. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, Shiv. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For more information, visit shivrad.com. Peace. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind.